Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Millers, we talk sports with you. We'll get to that in a second. Schaffner is back on the ground. William Shatner, not Schaffner. He, he oh. went to space, apparently. Oh. Well, I watched it. It was on the TV here in the uh, in the studio. Enough that for was the your money show prep for today? Well, it's on. Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> uh, well, that and last night, watching, well, all day yesterday, watching back to back to back game. Boy, it was a wonderful day. Uh, but boy, they sure made a big deal out of this and teach their own. There's nothing, no money in the world that could put me on that thing and get me into space. Uh, anyways, uh, BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this Michael Swain covers Iowa State at cyclonealert.com. It's part of the 24 7 uh, network. He is just along with the rest of the Iowa State media, just getting out of a basketball media avail. He will join us in 25 minutes to discuss that and then a good long look at the football where the program stands as they come off the bye week and head to Manhattan, uh, a place that they haven't won since 2004, although they are a just under a touchdown favorite at Circa Sports to, uh, to uh, that's the number anyways, at, at Circa. Uh, Kenny White, speaking of Las Vegas, will join us, KennyWhiteSports.com. I'll get more into that in a second. Uh, we look forward to having him on. He's one of the best, one of the uh, original line makers when it comes to sports on the Strip. Uh, he will join us at 1045. At 1105, David Kaplan is here. It's Wednesday after all. He kicks off hour number two. We will I'll go over a lot of ground with Cappy. The White Sox, their season comes to an end. And, of course, the Bears as they get set to host the Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon. So Cappy kicks off our number two Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. And then towards the bottom of the hour, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs back in his spot at 1130-ish, sponsored by Papa John's here uh, in central Iowa. So lots of ground to cover. The baseball was terrific. Mm-hmm. College football game got out of hand very early yesterday. Uh, the Sun Belt, I thought it was going to be fun. Wasn't really, unless you had Louisiana, and then you had a lot of fun uh, with that game last night. But man, baseball, and uh, we get what we want as sports fans, the Dodgers and the Giants, who I remind everybody won 106 and 107 games, and they will decide uh, this. I mean, wow, can you ask for anything more? Coming down to the final opportunity for these two teams to play each other in a game five tomorrow night. Sign me up. 807, are you going to make it up if it's tight for the whole yes, thing? Yes, of course. I'll yeah, make, right. Well, maybe not. Probably so. Go to bed a little earlier tonight. Ah, okay. And, and then you'll be I a can't, little bit I can't. The Jets start at 9. Oh no! Yeah, well, I only see a period, period and a half, anyways. So yeah, watch the next. Watch That's the a DVR the in the morning kind of thing. Absolutely, press press power on the coffee pot. Sit down and watch the game. Not too bad. No, absolutely, it's good. Looking forward to it. I watched the uh, the first couple of shifts. I wanted to watch the Kraken. Yeah, debut yeah. last night. I did night. too. Did you watch it with Bucci on the call? John Bucci. John Bucci. I'll say this: Boy, Vegas does it right. Pre-game oh, man. man, the. 
I don't know what you call it, the the technical stuff that they do. It's just fascinating, just amazing. Watching a hockey game there um, at T-Mobile, they, they do it different than everybody else. But I want to see the first couple of shifts of mm-hmm. the uh, newest team to join the NHL. They did that and very quickly got back to the Giants and the Dodgers. Wasn't much of a game last night. No, it wasn't. Kind of almost boring mm-hmm. in a way. Well, we just were spoiled. We just expect, all right, the Giants are going to come back. Right, yeah. Right? And Mookie was so good. Oh, my God. That dude is just an absolute stud, and it doesn't yep. matter if you're talking about in the field right. or at the plate. No, because he has a gun. Yes. He is just a monster. Mm-hmm. He is. It's the Dodgers. They are the power team of baseball now. Yeah. But he's easy to root for. I'm with you. I, yeah, I don't, you know, I can't find anybody on that Dodgers team that I really don't want to root for. You know, I, some, some people don't like Scherzer. You know how long I've loved Max Scherzer. Right. I, back, I mean, even before the Nationals won right. the World Beat. Series a couple of years. He was appointment television for uh-huh. me. Anytime he was out there, because of that mentality, how he controls the game when he's on the mound. But you're right. Hey, you can poke some holes, I'm sure, in some guys, and maybe some a little annoying, yeah. whatever it is. But overall, it's a more likable team than the great Yankee teams. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, any Yankee team that had A-Rod. Um, yeah. You know, but even going back into the 90s, or even when they started when Steinbrenner was throwing money around, uh, back when he got control of the team, uh, they were you know they they were easy not to root against. I, I can't against the Dodgers. So uh, you look forward to the game five, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. Urias will probably get the start. Apparently, he is. Yeah, for the Dodgers, and he'll also be coming back. Web for short the Giants. Post. Last night, the hook on Bueller. Felt a yeah. little quick. Well, because I think it was, and we're seeing that all over the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was just the short rest thing. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't think he'd what he given up a cup back to back walks. Yeah. I think uh, in in the uh, in the fifth inning, and they they came and got him. Yeah, you'd like to get with the lead, get those two outs, and right. make him eligible. But you got Joe Kelly in the bullpen. <laughs> Boy, this guy's good. Yes, he is. Oh Jesus, he, he's an unlikable character, I'm sure, for many people. Well, there, certainly, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a fan of another team, because right. this guy doesn't care. He doesn't shut up. Right. He just jawing the whole time, and maybe he would be the one on the roster yes. that if you had to find a villain and you. U.S. baseball fans around the country, National League baseball fans, maybe that would be the guy. So a uh, couple of lines for the game five. DraftKings has it minus 110 on each side. There you go. Fair. E- easy enough. Yeah. Circa has it minus 102 for the Dodgers, minus 108 for the Giants. How about the total in the game, though? Have you seen this I at have all? not. So I'm going to get... Well, it's going to be a lot of bullpen usage. Mm-hmm. I'll go nine and a half. You got to go way lower. Really? It is seven, the under minus one twenty five at DraftKings. It's six and a half at Circa. Huh? More juice on the over on that one yeah. minus one twenty five for the over there. Six and a half. Do you remember hmm. a baseball game that had that kind of over under? No, in it? I'm surprised it's that low. Six and a half. But I kind of hope that's how the game plays out. Right. Yeah. You know it's, that'll mean it's moving along. It's two two. <laughs> you know who who comes up with the big hit that mm-hmm. kind of game. Can you imagine what AD is going to be like oh my Thursday gosh. night? Basket case. Giants fans on oh, the other side, Mike Bowen Woody. Camp. Mike Woody, yeah. Andrew Downs. My, uh, yeah, John Bowen Camp, a uh, big Dodger fan. Maybe we should try and get him, pick his brain on That'd the Hawks and double dip him with the, uh, uh, with the Giants and, and, the, um, and, and the Dodgers. Look, it, it just seems like it's, it's meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. These two teams... Back and forth, the Dodgers would tie them. Then the uh, Giants would win a couple of games. What was the stat you threw out yesterday? They went fourteen and three. The Dodgers did and did, and made up. A, what did they do? It was I think a, a seventeen and three. The Dodgers went down the stretch. Yeah, 
picked up one game. And picked up a game. Right. It's Bonkers. It's asinine. These yeah. are the best two teams. Uh-huh. And it's a winner-take-all. I, I would bet the Giants, Trent, if I you was would. forced to. You're I still just, believing. Yes, I just think it's there's something about this team. You're believing yeah. in the magic. Yeah. And it's back in San Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would bet the Giants. So, watched a ton of the Braves and Brewers. Really mm-hmm. fun, compelling game. Boy, Freddie Freeman. You know, were yeah. you surprised Hader came in in the eighth inning? No. You're facing elimination. Uh-huh. You go there. Tie game. What I was surprised by is I'm giving up a home run. That's true. First time since June. Late July, I think. Late July. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. And it happens. It happens to mm-hmm. anybody, and it happened last night, but... I figured they're fine. And I thought the is, Brewers were going to get it. I, I did too. I thought we were going to a game five. I yep. was certainly rooting for that. Um, but Freddie, if, if if somebody for the Braves was going to get it, that's kind of the guy I want to see Absolutely. get it. I mean, how do you how do you root against him? I mean, I know that other you know fans in the yeah. National League East they yeah. will, right? But um, Mets fans are not throwing him a parade. No, of course not. But it seems like a pretty good dude, and he's a free agent. And there's a lot of talk that he might be done in Atlanta. Well, look at that roster, though, and the young talent. Of course, Acuna will be back oh, next know. year, and he is yeah. the top of that list. Bursting at the seams. Riley, the season that he put together. What do you have this year? 30-some home He's runs. He's so good, Trent. That 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 left side of the uh, the infield, that Valby is legit. Yes. yes. Duvall was good. Going out and getting Eddie Rosario, he mm-hmm. was a help to the team. He well, just, he had a huge hit yesterday. He, he absolutely did. It, it's a very deep roster offensively. Still feels like they have some work to do, kind of getting everything set, but... You look at the young talent. It's not going to be like the '90s into the 2000s, but they're set up for a no, while. No, that, that's asking a lot to be the '90s into the 2000s with those teams. I mean, that was Buffalo Bills esque what they did. You know, that's one record when people talk about records that'll never be beaten. The Bills has to be on any short list, right? You're not going to the Super Bowl four years in a row, and once you get there, I mean, if it if it ever happened that a team got there four years in a row, you're going to win one. I mean, that's that record will never be broken. No, you can't in today's football. In, in, in today's football, yeah. because that was, I mean, the very beginning of free agency mm-hmm. in the NFL. So to be able to do it at that level and then not break through and actually win a game to right. be good enough to to get there, but not be able to do it. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's well, one. look what the Chiefs are going through, trying to get back there, back to back to back times. Right, and they didn't win the first one of them. We saw what happened last year with Brady and company. Um, that that record will never be broken. But the brave streak that where you started from, no, I don't think I don't think that they're going to get um, you know have that kind of success until ultimately they would you know get beaten in the in the play in the, in the World Series. But they might be. I mean, they're contender for for a long, good mm-hmm. long time. Good setup, mm-hmm. like some of the young arms that they also have there. I think it'll be compelling, and I'm with you. The Giants. I do want to see the Giants there. Just feels like they deserve it after what they did yeah. this year, putting it all together. Right. But it's the Dodgers, man. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. We got a night of hockey though. Before that, as you yeah. mentioned, what? Uh, who do you think that? Uh, who do you think Fox wants? It's the Dodgers, right? It's the answer. They yeah. want the Dodgers yep. in there. Bigger names. Mm-hmm. And a bigger organization overall. Right. Even with all the great success yeah. of the Giants, it's right. still, the Dodgers are different. Mm-hmm. And you get the Posey, Hollywood. hell of a player. Right. Crawford. Uh, Crawford, hell of a player. Chris yeah. Bryant, everybody knows who he is, but mm-hmm. the Dodgers. You know, And the bland. Stars. Mm-hmm. And you cut, no, look, hey, there's another famous person. Yeah. You know, they what would Mary part. Hart and her husband pay for those seats right behind home plate? They used to, Larry, King, games. Larry King used to sit beside yep. them, right? Yep. Uh, I didn't know it was her until somebody pointed out on a broadcast. Um, for, but those two seats in the playoffs, what are, you, what are those going for? Row one. Playoffs per ticket. Per ticket. 
Give me a bone. Because I have no idea. No, I, see, I, was, I thought more than that. You did. It's L.A. It is. You're going to be seen. Yeah, row one. Yeah, maybe it is higher. I have no idea. I mean, but you're also a season ticket holder. Not yeah. going to be held to the fire. They're not going to stop. No, look, it's not like they can't afford it. I'm just right. kind of curious. Uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson's got to be writing a huge check for yeah. those seats, right? That Staples Center for all of those games. But I, I wondered how much they're paying behind home plate. Anyways, uh, so the uh, so White Sox season ends mm-hmm. uh, at the hands of the now-favored Houston Astros. I yes. mean, World Series-favored? Yeah, because we still have that Game 5. Jeez. If the Dodgers advance, I still think they would become the favorite mm-hmm. then to win it all. But yeah, currently you look around and it is the Astros mm-hmm. back again in the yeah, ALCS. Unbel- the, the run that they're on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just talked about the Braves run that they've been on. The run that the Astros are currently in the midst of. So what does a world championship do for them? They win the World Series this year. Mm-hmm. There's still the question. Well, we heard it in the White Sox series. Mm-hmm. Who Was it Tapara? Tapara, yeah. Mentioned hey, things are a little funny over there. Yeah, it's they're always just, going to be a part good. of it. They're just good. They are. But if they win a World Series this year, how much does that change the? Narrative? It doesn't validate, right? It does change the narrative, though, because of the fact that we know they were cheating when they won the what the, the, they won. Mm-hmm. If they win this time, they might be <laughs> the right. Astros, yeah, yeah. but we don't have proof at this point of right. that. So it would change the narrative. But it wouldn't validate, um, you know, the both of them because the one does have an asterisk. Look, Jose Altuve, he can flat out play baseball. I mean, my God, this guy. He is an unbelievable player. And Bregman and Brantley um, and Correa. Correa coming up with the big oh, hit to give Jesus. them the lead early in the game. And, it and just... Gurriel's a good player. <laughs> yes. They got some dudes. That is a deep, mm-hmm. deep lineup. Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Correa, Gurriel, Tucker, what do you have? Thirty home runs this year. It's crazy. And then they had Myers in center field. Yeah. Uh, now he didn't. He didn't finish, did he? No, no he Mc, came out McCormick because he got hurt. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a hell of a play. Man. McCormick had a hit when he came into. Yeah. Just. Did you see the play? God, which of the three games was it? I was watching. Where there was a. It was the. I don't. It was, was the Braves the Bre- Brewers. Brewers. The, yes, the play, the, the 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 trap ball, right? It was the Braves and the Brewers. Yes. So if you missed this yesterday, it's the foul ball going mm-hmm. over towards up against the wall, right? And comes over. You rise. Well, the catcher, mm-hmm. the catcher uh, tries to make a play, um, and he, he makes he run runs for the ball. Navarez, right? Yeah. Um, ball pops out of his glove. The third baseman, and you're taught to cover, you know, get mm-hmm. over there, cover. Um, and Urias does, and he's called out. And the replay, I think, pretty clearly shows that the ball was trapped. And they put the headsets on for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. My phone rang. And I came back, and I fully expected them to still be under there. And, yeah. and they were playing baseball again. So what the, happened? The explanation that I got, and I was trying to hear... The little man at home was a little loud. He was having a rough, rough evening last night. So what I was able to ascertain as I was hearing them explain it is that part of it was not reviewable. And I that had to be the answer. And I couldn't wrap my mind around why not? Right. Why is that not reviewable? Why Mm -hmm. we have review, Mm -hmm. ultimately it's about getting it right. I understand if it takes too long, but Mm -hmm. all the different elements that are a part of replay, but why that? isn't reviewable and no. i i think that's how they explained it 
last night, and I just shook my head and said, okay, I missed that one. Well, anyways, Brewers go home. Um, mm-hmm. Disappointing for their their fans. Uh, a hell of a year on their part, but uh, they got to they got to. And, and how appropriate was it for Yelich to come up in in that spot, the right. final out of the game, and one, two, three pitches, and they're celebrating. Looked, uh, the Braves, I mean, looked like the Christian uh, Yelich we know now, not the MVP so, from a couple of years can, ago. Can can he get back? He Not was so level. good, Trent. Yeah, I don't think at that level. He was one of the over. best players in the game. He's an MVP. Yes. And now, right. he's a guy. Who do you want, Mike Trout or Christian Ellis? Boy, I don't it's know. It's a conversation. Yes, at the time. Now? It's a little different. All right, so Kenny White's going to join us in about a half an hour. Can, um, and the reason I bring this up is I'm going to uh, put Trent's feet to the fire. Okay. Because we asked, or I asked Kenny White uh, to give us a little help here. Uh, a, a, a mythical. If Iowa is to get to the Big Ten Championship in mm-hmm. Indianapolis, uh, and I meant to text him last night so I didn't overwhelm him with these questions, um, I asked him for probable wins in the East, mm-hmm. probable wins in the West, and then if Iowa does prevail, the what he would set the number at, if he was still setting the lines on the strip, yep. uh, for Iowa versus Ohio State in Indianapolis and Iowa versus Michigan in okay. Indianapolis. So those are the two. Those are so the first two. of all, the East projected wins. What uh, I'll just read these off. I want to ask you. Uh, he projects that uh, Ohio State seven point seven wins, um, Michigan seven point one six point two, and then seven point three five for Minnesota, five for Wisconsin. So he has Iowa and Ohio State as the most likely matchup. And if that's the matchup in the Big Ten championship game, where would he open the number at? Iowa, Ohio State. Iowa, Ohio State, neutral field, Indianapolis. The Buckeyes have got there. That mm-hmm. means if they didn't run the table, they only lost probably one game. Mm-hmm. Iowa comes in, whatever record, 12-0, 11-1. I got Buckeyes by 10 and a half. Six. Six. Okay. Six. Now, if it's Michigan. It's Michigan. And it's Iowa. And they're in Indianapolis playing on a neutral field. What would you open the number at at the Condon Casino? We got the Hawkeyes getting three in the hook. In Indianapolis. Three, you get three and a half. Get three and so a half. So Michigan three and a half. Michigan one. I can see that currently, but if Michigan ultimately gets there. With the Ohio State victory? Right. Yeah, this is as of you know, this morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how at least I would look at mm-hmm. it looking forward as opposed to right now. Yeah. You play neutral field, those two teams, Iowa, Ohio State this weekend in Indianapolis. Yeah, that seems about right. I, I'd probably put it seven and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Michigan, Iowa. In fact, I might have Iowa favored if they were playing this this weekend as opposed to the championship game. So kind of a different way of viewing it, but Mm -hmm. that six number, surprising. By the end of the season, though, the Buckeyes... Potentially. Yeah. All right, we'll get our first break. We're going to head to Ames. That's where Michael Swain is currently situated, the uh, Iowa State's... Basketball media availability has uh, just wrapped up, so we'll get him in here. We'll talk uh, some uh, Cyclone Hoops with Michael Swain. Of course, we will very quickly uh, segue into the football where Kansas State awaits this weekend. How big is this game for Iowa State, man? I mean, if they get beat here Mm -hmm. with Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State still looming, it doesn't feel like the wheels are falling off. No, it's just it's tougher, I think. The, the, The pathway... I think the Big 12 is deeper and tougher than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Look at the bottom of the conference right now. West Virginia. Still a decent team. Look, they pushed Oak. They had Oklahoma. They had them beat. If it would, should have. They had them beat. Mm-hmm. In Norman. <laughs> he said, you can't let the Oklahoma game beat you a second time. Uh-huh. It did. 
Might have beat them a third time. Might have. They did not show up against Baylor. Nope, they didn't. Baylor's pretty good, though. They are. Baylor's pretty good. Well, Hannon's a, he's a dual-threat quarterback, as we saw. But point being, if they can't get past the Wildcats this week, mm-hmm. he's starting to look, I, I hate to say it, he's starting to look for that magic number of six. The so pathway. Go, Gundy owns Campbell. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma. Is way better. Texas game is here. And the Oklahoma, Oklahoma game, game is in Norman. Spencer and, and Rattler's not going to be there. That's just it. They finally got the right quarterback. <laughs> right. That's going to be a different Oklahoma team. Texas stinks defensively, but mm-hmm. they can move the football. Mm-hmm. Casey Thompson and company. Robinson in the backfield. Yeah. That's a very talented offensive team. Yeah, it gets scary all of a sudden. You'd like to have six in the bank before TCU shows up on Black Friday. They will. I think they will too, but this is a big spot for the Cyclone. You start going down that path. And Trent, you put 2004, here. there's something about Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy stat. They have lost in every way fashionable oh. Big leads, games in the bag. Heartbreakers. Halftime deficits coming back and then ultimately falling at the end. They've all been there. It has not gone Iowa State's way. Mm-hmm. We'll take a timeout, come back with Michael Swain on Iowa State. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Michael Swain in 20 seconds, just real quick, a little breaking news from the from ESPN regarding Monday Night Football and the wild card game. Mm-hmm. They just purchased the rights. They have the Monday Night Wild Card game through 2025, so it's going to stay Beautiful. there. And, of course, it'll be the the joint cast. What do they call them? Mega cast? Yeah. Peyton and Eli on okay. one channel. And then the uh, regular channel will have uh, Levy and Riddick and Greasy, at least, if that's the team going forward. Mm-hmm. It will be for this year. It will be for, for this year. But uh, the wild card playoff game on Monday belongs to ESPN. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Michael Trenton, Ken, good to get back with you, Michael. Uh, first of all, basketball, you had a media availability earlier this morning. Uh, any news coming out of it? Of course, there was some huge news from last week with Xavier Foster. So any news this morning, and what were they counting on Foster for this year? What seemed to be the uh, the path that they were looking uh, for him, should he been uh, a part of the uh, basketball team, which we know he's not? Yeah, so starting off with maybe the newsworthy aspect, not a ton to come out of this, more of just kind of preliminary information. T.J. Altenberger talks about 20 minutes, and we got talks to some players as well. As for Xavier Foster's role, um, I don't think he was on track to start. I think George Conda right now is on track to start. And just listening to C.J. Osberger talk today, it's really one of the things that he's hitting on a lot is kind of the effort and attitude. Maybe some of the things you've heard Matt Campbell preach a lot in the football program, you know, just trying to be grinders. And I just wonder if Xavier Foster was kind of at that point where if he was going to be a big-time role player or if he was going to be kind of maybe a little bit like what he was early on last season where it's kind of more spot minutes. So I don't think he was on track to be the starter um, before he was dismissed. So I don't think it's necessarily a massive loss in that regard. Of course, long-term potential-wise, mm-hmm. big loss. But I think that you know they had to kind of make that decision. With the big guys, when you're looking at kind of your traditional big man, if you will, who do you expect to play more this year? George Condit, who still kind of waiting for that light bulb to come on, or the transfer Robert Jones? Yeah, I think George Condit will start. I do think mm-hmm. he probably will end up playing more minutes than Jones. And it's interesting on Condit because – T.J. Osberger and the times we've talked to him since the summer has spoken a lot about 
the difference he's seen in George Condon since he went abroad and played with Puerto Rico this summer, where I think the quote he gave maybe a few weeks ago was that he's giving more of himself Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of really buying into that rim-running, high-motor type of role that we saw maybe at times under Steve Prohm, but not necessarily a ton last season. And I think that's big for Iowa State because you don't have a ton of depth there. I think Robert Jones can offer a lot in terms of energy, in terms of maybe grittiness. Talking to him today, he really takes pride in setting good screens, rebounding, crashing the boards, things like that. But when it comes to Condit, I'll be really interested to see what kind of that role does end up looking like. Is he embracing kind of the rim-running style that they want to do with Tyrese Hunter as a point guard, you know, other ball handlers? Because if so, I do think that he can have some more success than if he's doing a lot more of maybe the post-ups that we saw last season. Uh, what's the buzz around Tyrese Hunter? I mean, we got to remember uh, that he's a true freshman and he's going to be playing in the Big 12 uh, with the ball in his hands, but uh, there, there's certainly a lot of hype around the kid. What's the buzz so far in camp? I, I think it's been positive. I think that the big thing that I've maybe reiterated to some of the people over at Cycle Alert is that it's going to take some time. Anytime you have a true freshman coming as a point guard, regardless of how highly ranked they are, it's going to take some time to adapt. And when you have as much responsibility as Tyrese Hunter is likely to have, there are going to be some growing pains. And I think that the quote that T.J. Osberg gave today is, Hunter is a low-ego, high-effort, you know, high-kind-of-volume performance type of guy. So he's going to put the team first. You know, he's someone that really does take pride in getting the team to having success, not going to chase his own numbers, which I think is a big positive when you look at guys like Gabe Kalsher, you know, Isaiah Brockington, two really more experienced guys beside him that can do maybe a little bit more of that scoring. So it's been positive, but I I do think I just reiterate that there are going to be some growing pains, but he has endless loads of talent. Speaking of loads of talent, at least coming out of high school, four-star Tristan Anaruna, who you saw, obviously, at Kansas, your alma mater there. What can you tell us about the young man, kind of how he fits into the scheme here? And is there still big upside with him, a, a guy that was at least a big recruit? Yeah, of course. I'm a big believer in Tristan Anaruna and his long-term potential. I think maybe in the same sense as Tyrese Hunter, I think it's going to take him some time. You know, at Kansas, he didn't really get an extended run playing time under Bill Self. It's going to take him some time, I think, at Iowa State to get into a a bigger role. It is interesting that T.J. Osselberger mentioned Anaruna as someone that has handled the ball a little bit as more of like a backup, secondary ball handler, point guard type of role. When someone he's 6'8", long arms, really smooth with the ball in his hands. I think that's a positive. And you know, coming out of high school, I really did like that aspect of his game. But I think even talking to him today, he mentioned that for him, it's going to come down to defense, rebounding, and kind of being real aggressive on the offensive end. Those are the real big things that they're preaching for him. And if he does those, then I think we'll be able to realize that potential. But like it was at Kansas, it's just a question of, you know, does he have kind of that go-get-it mentality when he's on the floor and maybe something doesn't go his way. So that'll be kind of the big thing I'll be looking for for him, you know, early in the season. Uh, Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com joins us. Well, Michael, from basketball to football and a uh, an early evening trip into Manhattan for the Cyclones as they take on K-State, a place that they haven't won since 2004. K-State's looking for their first win in conference as they're off to an 0-2 start. Iowa State also coming off the bye week, but at 1-1 after the win uh, over Kansas. Uh, this is a tough spot. I, I I know that you know clone fans think that they're going to get back on track, and I'm, it's Brocktober after all. Um, but this is a tricky spot for for Iowa State. K State's got some dudes, right? Deuce Vaughn, and they're a different team with Skylar Thompson. Uh, what's uh, Knowles? Uh, he's a Swiss Army knife type of guy. Does a little bit of everything. What have you sensed um, as far as the mood of this team coming out of the bye week when you've had an opportunity to get back in front of the coach and some of the players earlier this week 
Yeah, it sounds like they're refreshed in general. The team is coming off the bye week, but this is a real big litmus test, I think, for how the rest of this season is going to go because you look at the rest of the schedule. They've got some big road trips coming up. Obviously, you've got Kansas State, but you've got to make that long trip out to West Virginia. You've got to go to Texas Tech, got to go to Norman. And this back half of the schedule is really daunting. And I think Iowa State really does need to get off on the right foot kind of in this Kansas State game to kind of have some momentum building throughout kind of the second half of the season. And Kansas State will be a tough test. Skyler Thompson was amazing against Oklahoma, had a career performance, three touchdowns over 300 yards passing. Of course, Deuce Vaughn has been really good as a running back, but he's also been more of a pass catcher, too, in recent weeks. So I think that the offense is going to be tough. Of course, special teams has been something that Iowa State has, you know, struggled in at times this year. Um, Malik Knowles, you mentioned him, and he's returned seven kickoffs at all all season and two of those seven have gone for touchdowns so that's the big thing i'll be looking for i think is can iowa state limit those kind of momentum killing plays that really hindered them against iowa and baylor when you look at the punting game against Iler or against iowa and then kind of the kickoff against baylor like those are two real big things in special teams that have hurt iowa state so you look at this kansas state game i think if iowa state wins it they're really set up for a strong finish but if they lose i think you maybe wonder how the rest of the season is going to play out it's fair to do so absolutely new depth chart out this week after a bye week and first place i went was to the punter spot Corey dunn was still listed as See, i the... think it's the same depth chart as they put out prior to the season yeah, right the just... iowa changes iowa state for whatever reason cameron shook though is he going to be the guy you anticipate on saturday I think so. I just listened to what Matt Campbell had to say before the bye week and the things that he's looking for in this punting unit. You know, Corey Dunn might be able to punt it, you know, five yards further than Shook, but Shook is going to give those return or those coverage guys an opportunity to get down and limit any sort of return. So what's hindered Iowa State is kind of that, where you know, Dunn will kick a line drive that goes far, but doesn't give those return or those coverage guys enough time to get down the field. Where Shook gives those guys more time to get down the field, limits any chance of return. So I do think we'll see him. Um, in terms of the depth chart in general, they don't update it week to week, so it's different than kind of like you mentioned Iowa. Yeah. So not a whole lot to read into that there, but I think just for me personally, I would expect Shook to be the guy this week. It's funny you said that, Trent. That's yeah. the exact same thing I did. For what I went to the punter of all positions first and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and foremost, and I realized, hey, wait a second, it's this is the same, same one week after week. Um, anyways, Michael Swain is our guest. So, Michael, what is it about Manhattan that is given? Because because whatever coach has gone in there, they've taken some decent teams uh, up against K State. I wonder what it is about that that facility or whatever reason that it's been such a difficult place for them to win. I think it's a difficult place for a lot of teams, too. I mean, you think about Oklahoma a few years ago, going to Manhattan, losing. I think the atmosphere is a big thing. It's funny, you know, Kansas gets a lot of, you know, uh, stick for the wind, and I think that's a big deal in Manhattan, at least. You know, you think about that game two years ago in 2019, how cold it was, how windy it was. I think that has an effect on teams that come from stadiums that maybe aren't as windy, you know, on a week-to-week basis. So I think in general, you know, the atmosphere, Kansas State always has a good team. They're always really sound in terms of the fundamentals and playing really good football. So I think that overall you're kind of looking at a team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes and they have a home environment that really helps them out. And it just makes it real tough for Iowa State. Now, you know, the key to success for Iowa State, I think, is, you know, don't turn the ball over and really get Brees Hall going because, I think, you know, those two things combined, you know, the defense, we know what they're going to bring. But mm-hmm. if you can kind of not turn the ball over, I think they've got a recipe for success there. So you look at the matchup. Ken mentioned going forward here. Outside of Skylar Thompson, he's always concerning. He's really, really good. What else does concern you when you look at this Kansas State team from an Iowa State perspective? Yeah, I'm interested because they have one of the best run defenses 
in the country right now. I believe it's ranked number seven in terms of total yards given up per game, and I believe number seven in yards per carry allowed. But you look at the yards that they've allowed, they allowed over 100 yards against Oklahoma State and over 100 yards on the ground against Oklahoma. So a lot of those you know, yardage totals that really brings that overall you know, down is the Stanford game. I think they played Northern Illinois, and then Nevada didn't run the ball much because they got down early. So I'm really interested to see what that run defense looks like against Iowa State because you know, if they do end up stuffing the run, then a lot of responsibility is going to be on Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy's been, I think, better than some fans think in general this season. But, you know, I just think in general, you really need that run game to get going for Iowa State as a whole team to have success. So for me, that's a big thing I'll be looking for is kind of is that run defense for Kansas State legit or kind of maybe is the numbers a little bit deceiving. Mm. Michael Swain, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Michael, thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you for being flexible this week. We'll uh, put you back in your normal spot on Monday recapping uh, the game in Manhattan and looking forward to the uh, upcoming game against Oklahoma State. Michael Swain, have a good rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Big spot. It is big spot. Does the season go the other way if they can't if they can't win this game? I think they get it. I hope they get it. Obviously, I just I don't know, Trent. Kansas State has been so inconsistent this year. Nice win against Stanford. Yeah, played tough against Stanford. Beat Oklahoma or Oregon rather. Uh, played. I saw that Stanford team week one. They stunk. They stunk in week one, but they beat Oregon in week three or four, um, and then got picked off by Arizona State last Friday night. Um, sound like you had a pick on that. I did. <laughs> Texas. I see. Everybody brings up the Texas Tech game, and understandably so. Mm-hmm. It's that proverbial sandwich between Oklahoma and Texas. Right. Let down. Look ahead. Trip to to Morgantown. They're not very good. No. Um, I thought they pretty were pretty good be defensively, better. though. Okay. And all of a sudden, it's a seventeen seventeen rock fight in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So they got three wins. Oklahoma State's unbeaten for now. Mm-hmm. K State this week. West Virginia. Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, TCU. What are they? What's your prediction? Final season record. Right now? Well, mm-hmm. look, at, I remind you, and I oh, hate yeah. to because it's embarrassing as hell, that I had this team win the Big 12 and one of the four teams in the playoff. You did. That's not happening. No, of course not. They can still win the Big 12. Yeah, but you've got to get there first, and I don't see it. Don't I, just, see I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. I think Texas is better than them. I think Oklahoma's better than them. This is a tricky spot this Saturday. Oklahoma State's unbeaten. They're better than anybody thought. TCU might show up needing the game for a bold bid. Sure. Gary Patterson? <sighs> no. Seven and five. Seven and five. Wow. And that's maybe being generous at this point. That's winning four more football games. But they come out and they... Now, did they win case? Did they beat K-State? And they beat them 31-17. Trent... Everything's I, back on the team. I said this on Monday, and I firm, and I believe it to this day, and I'm, I'm not moving off of it. I don't know about this team. Yeah. They've beaten UNLV, Kansas, and UNI. It'll be October 16th on Saturday. Right. And those are the three until, in the win column. We just don't know. Right. It's a perfect way to put it. Uh, we'll come back. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Miller and Condon are here until noon. Cappy, David Kaplan, kicks off our number two. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Chiefs. He's with us at 1130. We're on 1460 KXNO and 1. <laughs>
Welcome back. 11 to 11 on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Off to Vegas we go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins us. We're going to look at a handful of games and pick his brain a little bit. Hello, Kenny White. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Hi, Kenny Trent. I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me and looking forward to uh, another fun weekend of the upset world of college football. <laughs> Hasn't it been great? Really has. And thank you for passing along that uh, information uh, earlier. We uh, talked about that in the first segment of the show. The um, the hypothetical, I guess, uh, Big Ten championship, if it is Iowa, Ohio State, if it is Iowa, Michigan, of course, all of those schools with some work to do. Where I want to start with you, though, Kenny, is you know, you've uh, when you come up with your power rankings, you factor in quarterbacks, and if a certain quarter, starting quarterback gets injured, you make the necessary adjustments. Do you do so with a coach? And where I'm going, obviously, is John Gruden, who's no longer the head coach of the Raiders. How much does that factor in uh, to what your power rank and what your power number comes out to be, if at all? Yeah, I should start giving a number to coaches. I, I kind of grade them, and I when I before I rate a team out, I you know I go over the coach. Do I like this guy? Some some take less time than others because I know who that coach is, and I know he's an A coach right off the bat. So I just get into rating the team, and when I when I know I have an A coach, I'll upgrade player power ratings on that team if the guy's teetering between being a half point better or a full point better than the average player most likely he's going to get that full point better. And and the same goes for teams that I have question marks on the head coaching. Their players may be rated a little bit lower. So I do have a bias to to what I'm writing players for for certain coaches, that's for sure. Kenny, uh, Ken's told the story about meeting you, going back, finding out the bios that you have of every single player in college football and, and just how deep you go. You know, before last weekend, with the Bears coming to town, you knew there was going to be a huge part of the fan base. Is that part of your handicap, knowing that though they're a road team, they're going to have a ton of fans there? And also the other component here with the rumors and everything that was swirling before the game about Gruden, does that impact at all or is it just too difficult for you to kind of quantify those little elements that happen over the course of a year? Well, you want to you want to try to quantify every every possible aspect of a, of a game that you can to get that edge. I did not calculate Chicago having that many fans here. And I know Chicago travels well, and there's so many people in that city that they bet well, too. Uh, but I just felt Vegas, you know, with the Golden Knights and the, the professional sports attitude in Vegas now is they're really behind this Raider team. And with the Raiders so close to Southern California, mm-hmm. you saw the turnout in L.A. against the Chargers that I still felt this was going to be a pro Raiders crowd, at least maybe 80-20, maybe even higher, 85-15, uh, but the report I got after the game, I was very surprised to hear it was probably 75-25 in that range, maybe 70-30 Vegas fans to Chicago. But I was told the Chicago fans were twice as loud as the Raider fans. Seeing the Raider fans were sitting on their hands the entire game. When you see the numbers come out, is there one number that makes you pull your hair out? I mean, it's seemingly five or five and a half. It's such a, when it comes to sports betting, it's such a, I don't know what the right term would be. A, a different, a weird number. Um, when, when you look at the numbers, what, what number don't you like when you see a line come out? <laughs> I guess it would be the same as everybody. Three and a half when I wanted, wanted to lay three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's funny because, you know, years and years ago, talk making the line for the Stardust, and I'd call in every morning, and there was one supervisor, Doug Castaneda, and Doug runs the Wynn Resort now, and I'd, I'd give him two and a half, and he'd say, Kenny, why don't we just go to three? 
if you made it two and a half, they're going to lay the two and a half. They all, they always bet the favorite. Why don't we just go to three? I was like, Doug, I just got to give you what my number is. It's your job to shade it to three if you think that's what they're going to do. But for me, I, I'm just, I'm so numbers based that I, if I make it ten and a half, I'm looking to lay, you know, early lines. I'm looking to lay seven or less. If I can get a three point edge on the early lines. Um, I'll, I'll lay it. If it's seven and a half, I'm going to pass because maybe it'll go down and I'll get a little better edge. But that half point is worth so much. Kenny, let's get into some of the games this week in college football. Start with the big one in the Big 12. Oklahoma State undefeated. It's been with defense. Yeah, that's right. A Mike Gundy team. It's about their defense. Taking on Texas that, well, pretty much all about offense here. Battle of styles. What do you see? Yeah, you got that right. And, you know, this is a game I'm writing up for my, my newsletter this week is because there's so many tangible aspects of this game that you can use into your handicapping edge that sometimes you can't just use numbers, and this one this one proves it out. My power ratings say Texas is 7.5 points better. Hmm. Six points for home field. Texas is 13.5. The line comes out six. Oh, I should just lay it in that spot, but I can't because there's some things here. Oklahoma State has home revenge from last year. They lost in overtime to Texas. You know they want to get the revenge back and get that game for their home field. Their focus is there. They had last week off. They've had two weeks to prepare for the Longhorns. And then we know what happened to Texas this past week, and they had their hearts ripped out mm-hmm. in a devastating loss of a great game against Oklahoma. That how do they recover from that, and how do they bounce back? I don't know. So all of those, you, you use three type of set situations that I could give two and a half for each situation. My line is down to Texas six. Then you throw in a little other couple of situations. The team with the better defense getting points. That's always a good angle. That leads to Oklahoma State, and then also. Good, really good teams above average teams getting points at any time is also another good bet. Everything leads to Oklahoma State in this in this in this matchup, but I like I like the game under as well, and it's because of that Oklahoma State defense. It's because both teams pace, they play slow, and Texas's defense they rank 116th, uh, 6.5 yards of play, but they're better than that. I watched them against Oklahoma. They they were big, strong, and fast. They got worn down and they got tired. They may not be too deep. Um, they could be tired for this game. I don't know. Uh, but I know Oklahoma State's uh, offense isn't going to do a whole lot, and it will be about their defense. So, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma State in the under. Uh, let's go to the SEC, Florida and LSU. You just wonder if LSU, if this team's about to pack it in, uh, seems like it's not going to end well for Ogeron. Uh, how do you see this game? It's double digits, about 10.5. Uh, it seems to be the consensus line right now. Yeah, obviously that's who I'd want to be on Florida, thinking it is done for LSU's done. And then they lose their top wide receiver, maybe one of the best wide receivers in the country, and Keyshawn Boudé, a uh, point-and-a-half player. So that helped me raise that number up a little bit. But as, as high as I could get, this number was to seven. And I just don't want to take LSU. So I passed there, but I did look at the total. Uh, Gators' defense has been great this year. They're 4-1-1 one, and one to the under. And LSU's offense has just been pitiful. Um, and when that booty a wide receiver, it gets even worse. So um, I thought that's a big number at 58 and a half. So I, I went under in this one. Under in Florida, LSU. Let's stay in the SEC. Bama, awful loss. They get uh, don't say that very often. Yeah, Mississippi State and their attack throwing the football all over the field. Man, I you know, small sample size to find a, a Alabama team off a regular season loss 
what they do in the next game. But the last four years, they're 3-0 and in this spot, covered all three easily. So Saban uh, gets their attention after a loss. But I don't want to lay it. No possible way. Um, it's funny because Alabama loses at A&M. Mississippi State had the week off. But the week before that, they beat A&M at A&M 26-22. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Mike Leach fan and I think he just does such a great job. I, I think this game stays within the number, but, uh, I'm going to really just pass on this one. I actually, my number said over, it's another game I had to seriously adjust because the pace of play, both teams are playing, uh, very slow, 27.6 seconds in, in between play. That's 92nd and 93rd in the country in terms of pace. So slower pace. And both teams' defenses have performed better than their offenses. You know, we got a couple more games, but I think I'll pass on those just because I want to pass this on. I mean, if you like betting on sports, there's a lot of homework involved. And if you've listened to Kenny White in this segment or any of them since he's joined us, he'll do your homework for you. And Kenny, for you, for some of our audience wants to jump on board, what can you offer them as far as weekly, daily, monthly? What do you got going to KennyWhiteSports.com? Yeah, if you don't want to do the work, let me do the work for you. Uh, pick packages are available, but also I think one of the best values in sports is the power ratings. It's all at KennyWhiteSports.com, powered by the power ratings, and that's nineteen ninety nine a month. You get all the updated power ratings, and you get all the updated projections on every game. But remember, that's just numbers. So when you look at those power ratings, you're going to see I have Texas 13 and a half. My work, I put all the work into those tangible, that information about uh, – uh, revenge and coaches' strategies and weeks off and planning and letdowns and look-aheads and all that, that goes into the other side. That's the 20% science behind the handicapping. Numbers, you, numbers, you can't do it, do it all with the numbers, 80%, but you got to have the 20% science behind it. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a great week, guys. Yeah, you, you do the same. Take care. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. From Vegas to Chicago, then to Kansas City. We're busy. Going a lot of places here, TC. I like it. Uh, a cappy next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and Owen, 106.3 FM.